You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. Luke chapter 1 tonight is where we're going to be. And we were here this morning as well. And uh, looking at Zacharias' song... And tonight we're going to look at another song, this evening, Luke chapter 1. So just, just as a reminder, today uh, I mentioned there are four songs, um, four uh, prophecies or prophetic songs um, here in Luke chapter 1. Uh, they're not all prophetic. The angels and, and Simeon uh, was kind of pr- prophetic. But four songs found here, the original Christmas carols, you might call them. And uh, Luke, the one this morning in Luke 1, 67, was Zechariah's song. And, uh, and then we have the angel song in Luke 2, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And then Simeon's song at the end or in the middle of Luke chapter 2 when, when Joseph and Mary brought baby Jesus to the temple and Simeon saw him and said, Lord, now let us thy servant depart in peace for mine eyes have seen thy salvation. And, uh, and so these songs listed here in Luke chapters 1 and 2. And tonight, though, I'm gonna, I, I would like to focus on the first one um, that is listed in Luke chapter 1. And this is Mary's song. And Luke chapter 1, and verse, we'll begin reading in uh, verse 46. I'll give you some background here as we go. But Luke chapter 1, verse 46, I don't know if you have a... If you have any headings in your Bible, but my Bible has, it says, Mary's joyful song. And uh, so we'll begin reading verse 46. It says, and Mary said, my soul doth magnify the Lord. And by the way, the Latin name for, traditional Latin name for this song is Magnificat, which uh, if you've heard, if you've come from other, especially other denominations connected to the Christian faith, um, then, then it's a prominent part of many worship services, sometimes on a weekly basis, the Magnificat, Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior, for he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty, think about what she's singing and saying here, for he that is mighty hath done to me great things. And holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He has showed strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He has filled the hungry with good things. And the rich he hath sent empty away. He hath hoped in his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spake to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. It says then finishes the, the, thought, uh, the thought segment here. And Mary abode with her, that's Elizabeth, about three months and returned to her own house. There's some wonderful truths in this song tonight. And and there are some truths that I think would be a help to us. And, and before you think this is just maybe an interesting look at a song of praise, the truths found here mean something to our lives. And the title that I, that I would maybe call this at first, I, you might call it Mary's Joyful Song or Mary's Song of Mercy. But as I studied and thought about this, an, another title kind of came, uh, rose to the top. And, and I would probably then call it From Overlooked to Overloaded. From overlooked to overloaded. And by overloaded, not in a negative way. I mean overloaded with God's mercy and blessings. And that really describes Mary's life. She was overlooked. And yet God overloaded her with some incredible things. And I want to look at that transition tonight. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the word. I pray that you'd bless it and help us. Lord, help me just to convey these truths that you gave me, and, and I, I hope it's, it comes across clearly. God, I pray that you'd help us each to put ourselves in Mary's position and consider maybe that we too have been, 
maybe we'd be overlooked. But we certainly are also overloaded with blessings. So God help us tonight that you would help our hearts and minds to be open to hear and respond to truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. You know, the thing that I, I, I start with tonight is just considering how unlikely of a candidate Mary was to be the mother of Jesus. If there was a, a most likely to carry and deliver the Messiah, you know, in high school, there, you've got the yearbook, the superlatives, the, the most likely to succeed, the most likely to still live in their parents' basement in 10 years, you know, the real important ones. The most likelies, um, I don't think that Mary would have been considered most likely to carry and deliver the Messiah. If there was a, if it played out maybe something like this, maybe a little bit like a pageant, and, and that you've got commentators, someone saying, the top choice tonight is a beautiful and the, the beautiful and talented daughter of the high priest, Rachel. She's smart, she's a talented singer. She has the Torah, which the first five books of the Bible. She's got the Torah memorized. And she's as dedicated to keeping the law as anyone you've ever met. Competing with Rachel tonight is Naomi. And the daughter of the richest merchant in the whole city. She has impeccable character. Everyone looks up to her. She's popular and well-liked. And she is a dedicated follower of Jehovah. She has great influence with the other girls and a million followers on Instagram. No, she, she has great influence with the other girls and seems to always have it together. You could go down the line and find many qualified most likelies. But Mary would not, been of one, would, would not have been one of them. See, she was from Nazareth. We'll start there. And, and Nazareth was remar- unremarkable in every way. It was basically just a village in the Galilean plain... And that's probably a good word to describe it. It was plain. No one seemed to be all that impressed or proud of Nazareth. It, it, according to history, less than 2,000 people lived there. And from my understanding, there was a Roman garrison stationed there, which meant it was considered an unclean city to most Jews. And when the town finally produced a, a notable citizen 30 years later, which would be who, by the way? be Jesus Christ himself, uh, Nathaniel said, can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? As a city, it was never mentioned in the Old Testament. It's 15 miles away from the Sea of Galilee, so it can't be a fishing village. It's, it was six miles away from the, the closest major road. It didn't even have a good water supply. It had one weak well in the center of the village. It was unremarkable. And she likely spent her days, Mary likely spent her days grinding grain into flour for bread or doing just mundane house chores. She wasn't overly qualified for anything special. Her family was poor. And although she was probably very excited about her upcoming wedding to Joseph, she was marrying a carpenter. Not a politician, not a religious leader, not a Pharisee, not a doctor, not a lawyer, a carpenter. And in a contest, considering who's most likely to carry Jesus, Mary would have probably been voted out early. She's what we might call overlooked. She's the underdog. Uh, She's the team that no one gives a chance to, to win, but shows up and beats the heavy favorite. That actually happened in the NFL today. The worst team in the NFL beat the best team in the NFL, in case anybody cares about that. She's the last one picked. In kickball, okay? If you're trying to relate this to our experiences in life. She's David facing Goliath. She's Ai preparing for Israel the first time. She's Gideon and his 300 against 135,000 Midianites. That's Mary. She's overlooked and she knows it. She thinks she deserves to be overlooked. Based on her interactions with the angel and and even based on some of the lyrics of her song. I just want to consider when the angel comes to her in verse 28. Just think about her reaction here. Look down in verse 28. This is when Gabriel comes to her. It says, and the angel came in unto her and said, hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. 
He comes, Gabriel says, no, listen, you, Mary, you're highly favored. He says, the Lord is with thee. He says, blessed art thou among women. And that phrase comes up a couple of times here. And blessed art thou among women. In other words, all the women of the earth that are blessed, you're blessed the most. That's who you are. And, and, think, and but think about her response, though, in verse 29. And she says, and when she saw him, the angel, she was troubled, not at his presence. Think about it. If an angel, if Gabriel came and talked to you, I would probably, or me, I would be troubled just the fact that he was talking to me. But it doesn't say that Mary was troubled at his presence. She was troubled at his saying. She was troubled that, that the angel would come and say these things about her. She was confused. It, she was probably thinking like Zacharias this morning. I'm not who you think I am. I think you have the wrong house. But it wasn't the wrong house. Look at verse 30. It says... And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. You found favor with God. Verse 31. Behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shalt call his name Jesus. You are going to conceive a child as a virgin. And his name will be Jesus, which Jesus means Jehovah is salvation. Like she knew who he was talking about. She knew that this is the Messiah. Uh, in verse 33, uh, verse 32, he shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. He shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. He clearly, the angel is talking about the Messiah, talking about Jesus, talking about the son of God. And, that, and the angel comes and says, no, this is... This is legitimately correct. You are the one. And of course she has questions. Well, what would, what would your first question be? Well, verse 34, then said Mary unto the angel, how shall this be seeing I know not a man? How can this happen physically? And this can't happen uh, without a miracle. This can't happen. I don't know. I've not been with a man. And the angel clearly says in verse 35, the angel answered and said unto her, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. And the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Can you imagine these words coming to you? Your whole life you've been overlooked. Your whole life you've been a nobody. Nobody's really ever paid attention to you. And here comes an angel and he's telling you, you are going to be the one that will carry the promised Messiah. Verse 36, he even goes on and explains what's happening to Elizabeth. Behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. It's a miracle in itself over what's happening to Zacharias and Elizabeth. Your cousin who's in her old age, she also hath conceived. She's in the sixth month, uh, or, and this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. And so the angel says, maybe as a way to give Mary some confidence that this can happen. Mary's like, how can I have a child? I've not been with a man. And the angel says, no, the Holy Ghost is going to take care of that. And in case you're wondering if he can take care of it, th think about your cousin Elizabeth. She's old and she's barren. But she's had, she has a baby in her womb of six months right now. And then I love the next verse, verse 37. Look what it says. For with God nothing shall be impossible. Or maybe I'm paraphrasing. For with God nothing shall be impossible. The best message in the whole, the whole passage. The greatest statement of all. So once Mary hears this in verse 38, look at her response. Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her she say basically says she says i'm a handmaid if you look up the definition of handmaid you know what it means a female slave she said i am a nobody i don't have any qualifications i've been overlooked but if you say so i'm in if this is what god wants i'm in so she goes to visit her cousin elizabeth and 
And when she gets to Elizabeth, she greets Elizabeth. And when she greets her, it's amazing. John the Baptist, that baby, in, in the womb of Elizabeth, leaps with joy. And, and, she, and Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Ghost. And look what her cousin says about her in verse 42. And she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. Even her cousin pronounces a blessing on her. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. Look at verse 43. Uh, and, and whence is this to me that the mother of my Lord shall come to me? I mean, think about this. This is her cousin. This is a person she probably just had a normal relationship with. But, now, but Elizabeth knows who she is now. Elizabeth knows that she's carrying the Messiah. And Elizabeth, her cousin, her older cousin, looks at her and says, Who am I that the mother of Jesus would even come talk to me? I mean, have you felt, ever felt that way with somebody? That somebody really important reaches out to you and talks to you? And you're like, I mean, intimidating. I, why, I mean, I don't know why you would want to talk to me. I'm just a nobody. Well, that's, that's Elizabeth's mentality. Elizabeth says, uh, who am I that the mother of my Lord would come and even talk to me? And, and just a day before, they were just cousins. I mean, there was nothing really special about it. But Elizabeth makes it clear that Mary had believed the angel. And she says, she recognizes her faith in verse 45. And says, and blessed is she that believed. For there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. She says, Mary, you've had faith. You've believed the things that you've been promised. They're going to happen. Now, this is wild. Overlooked Mary is being singled out by angels and unborn babies. By the way, if there's a good reason to even just despise even more the thought of abortion, it should be this one right here. You know, that Mary, the mother of Jesus, walks in and just says hi to Elizabeth, and John the Baptist leaps in her womb. It's a child. I mean, it's a human being with a soul. And I just can't believe what's happening in our country. That's not in my notes, but I mean, it should just make us sick to our stomachs. Overlooked Mary is being singled out and by unborn babies and angels and pregnant mothers filled with the Holy Ghost. She's something special now. Just think about all of her unqualifications. The, the things we've already talked about, compare them with the pronouncements though, that she's hearing now. Uh, you're highly favored. God is with you. Blessed art thou among women. It, it could mean of all the, blessed, uh, the blessings of women, you're the most blessed. You're going to carry and deliver God's son who will reign forever. And Elizabeth also said, blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb. Who am I that you talk to me? Blessed is she that believes. All these promises are going to be fulfilled. And it just seems like they just start coming. All these blessings, all these pronouncements, things have changed for Mary. And one day, I mean quickly, yesterday she was a nobody. Yesterday she was a peasant girl about to be married to a poor carpenter. Yesterday she was doing household chores. And today she's being called highly favored by an angel, Gabriel. She's being told that she's more blessed than other women. And she is because instead of all the most likelies, God has chosen her. Instead of all the, uh, all the ones that fit all the bills and check all the boxes, God has chosen her. See, yesterday she was just a, just a girl, but today she's loaded with promises. She's loaded with overflowing with blessings. She's loaded with pronouncements of God's favor. Today she's overflowing with compliments from her cousins. Today she's loaded with things that nobody else has ever experienced. She gets to carry God's son in her womb. Think about that. Uh, she's a sinner. And yet the holy God of heaven is going to wrap himself in flesh and be planted inside her womb. A sinner. I mean, we've probably heard that so much our whole lives that we're like, yeah, okay. But think about it. She's not perfect. In spite of what other denominations or the Catholic Church might say, Mary was just a girl. 
a young lady, a, a normal. I mean, if she was walking down the street and you saw her next to all the other girls her age, you wouldn't really think anything of it. She's just a girl that God chose to wrap himself in human flesh and be placed inside. You talk about being loaded with God's favor. Loaded with God's blessings. Mary has suddenly transitioned from overloaded. I'm sorry, from overlooked to overloaded. And not in a negative sense. I overloaded as in this is too much blessing. You ever felt that way? You ever felt like the blessings were just coming in so much? You're like, I don't think I can handle it anymore. Uh, that, that things were coming in. And, and I know that doesn't happen very often. And maybe you're thinking, well, I'd like to be a part of that sometime. No, listen, I mean, I don't just mean physical blessings. I mean spiritual blessings. Have you ever felt like your heart is so full, you just don't even know that you can contain it anymore? You don't know if there's any room left. Um, that's what I mean by overloaded. And, um, she's thinking this is too much unbelievable news. And the angels calling me blessed are among women. My own cousin saying, who, are, who am I to even talk to you? Blessed are you among women. There's a baby leaping in her womb at my presence. This is too much to take in. The amount of blessing that Mary is about to receive is more than the entire world history has ever experienced. She's the only one who has ever had the privilege of carrying God's son. But you talk about overloaded. It reminds me of Psalm 68. Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits. Even the God of our salvation, Selah. So to go from overloaded... I'm sorry, overlooked to overloaded. I'll get it right. Initiated an impromptu song in Young Mary. A song that is still sung in, in many times weekly in other denominations. And she sings this song. She acknowledges that she was overlooked. And she starts her song by saying, I have to magnify or make a big deal of the Lord. I'm going to start with that. I have to magnify the Lord. My soul doth magnify the Lord for what he has done for me. I'm rejoicing in God my Savior. She says, after all, think about what's happened. I'm just a normal girl. I was just overlooked. Look at verse 46. And Mary said, my soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. Listen, but for he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. See, God regarded me, she says. I have to stop and I've got to praise God. I have to lift him up. I have to magnify him. I have to make a big deal of him. I have to rejoice because he hath regarded me. And that word regarded means he turned his eyes and he looked at me. And he singled me out of all people. I'm overloaded with blessings. Verse 48, she says, for he hath regarded the low estate of his handmaiden. Uh, a handmaiden is just a slave. I'm, I'm nobody. I'm overloaded with blessings and I don't deserve him. Verse 48, again, for behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. She says, and yet I'm just a slave. I'm just a nobody. And yet all generations for the rest of history uh, are going to know my name. I, I'll be blessed more than anybody else because of what I get to do. I'm literally more blessed than other people. My name will be known for the rest of time. I'm overloaded with blessings. Verse 49, for he that is mighty hath done to me great things and holy is his name. The mighty and holy God has done great things for me. I'm overloaded with blessings. And God doesn't just show mercy to the most likelies. He shows mercy to them that fear him. Look at verse 50. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. Uh, and think about what happens to the most likelies though. You know, because we have a kind of a contrast here. And that Mary says, I'm a nobody. I've been overlooked. Nobody ever would have expected that I would be the one. And look at all that God is doing for me. But then she contrasts it with all of those that would have been considered most likely. Most likely to carry. Most likely to be successful. Most likely to do something big. Look at verse 51. He, he hath, God, hath showed strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. So while he's overloading the overlooked, the proud, you know, the most likelies. The ones that people say, oh, they're going to make it. 
Oh, they're going to be the one. No, the proud, it says that he scatters them, them while they overlooked, uh, get, end up getting blessed. And look at verse 52. He says, he hath put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. So the strong, you know, have you ever looked at somebody and you think, well, they're big and they're strong. They're most likely. Uh, they're they're, they're going to they're gonna do really well. They're going to. Uh, win this match. They're going to they're gonna be tough to beat. The strong ones, the Bible says here in 52, this prophetic song that from Mary, she says, no, the strong, they get removed from their reign. That God's not looking to bless the strong. He's not looking to bless the proud. Verse, verse 53, he hath filled the hungry with good things and the rich he hath sent empty, or, and, and the rich he hath sent empty away. So this is the poor. He says, uh, you know, the poor, the overlooked, they end up overloaded with blessings, but the rich end up with nothing. See, God doesn't show mercy to the proud. God doesn't extend his hand of blessing to the mighty or to the rich. No, they're not the candidates that God wants to use in the biggest ways. You might call them overrated. And so, but God is much more interested in showing mercy to the overlooked Here's how things work in God's economy. The overrated get overlooked. And the overlooked get overloaded. The overrated, they get overlooked. And the overlooked, they're the ones that get overloaded with blessings. Listen, God's not looking to extend mercy to the proud. He's not looking to extend mercy to the mighty or the rich. He's looking to extend his mercy to the humble. To the overlooked. To the ones who say, I don't deserve to get anything good from a God that's so holy and so mighty and so great because I'm just a nobody. And that's what Mary's song is all about. See, in her mind, the only response to a great and merciful God was praise and surrender. See, that he would do such wonderful things for someone like me. She said, my soul doth magnify the Lord. My spirit hath rejoiced in God, my Savior. It's hard to differentiate between those two, but you could sum it up like this. i got to give God everything. I mean, my soul doth magnify the Lord with my life, with my being, with everything that I am. All I can do is just make a big deal about God. All I can do is magnify or make him great because I'm small. I am nothing. My spirit, all I can do is rejoice in, the, in God, my Savior. I don't, I don't have any other options. I can't do anything else except just praise God and give him everything. To give him my whole life, all my praise, all I have, everything. Because a God who would overload the overlooked deserves the best that we can give him. And friends, most of us in the world's eyes, we're overlooked. And I don't mean that in terms of, oh, I want pity. I'm just saying, if the world were to walk through this room tonight, I mean, yeah, there's some talent. And there's some ability. And, and there, there's, there are people with unique, unique abilities and unique skills. And, but let's be honest, most of us, we're just normal people. There, I mean, we're not anything too special. And the world, if they were coming in and they were looking for the most likelies, they might walk through this room and walk pew by pew, and they might even overlook us. But you know what? I'm okay with that. Because it's the overlooked that God wants to overload with blessings. It's the overlooked that God wants to really use. It's the humble and overlooked that God says, uh, okay, that one. See, we have to admit that God in his incredible mercy has overloaded us with blessings we don't deserve. I have to, I'm thinking about salvation. None of us, even the most talented, impressive person here, none of us deserve for God to regard us in our lowest state. But the one who na whose name is holy and mighty... He's done great things for us. Well, he didn't give me something as important as he did Mary. That was in it was a unique calling, but think about all that we have in common with her. 
Has God ever revealed himself to you? Well, if you have a Bible, I might venture to say that God has revealed himself to you in a superior way than an angel. Even Peter implied that when he said, we have a more sure word of prophecy. All of the experiences that I've gotten to enjoy, yeah, that's one thing, but I have something more sure, and then I have God's word. So before you think that, that your calling is not as high as Mary's, Mary didn't hold a Bible like this. Mary didn't know all the things that we know. Has God revealed himself to you? Well, you have a Bible. And listen tonight, if you hold a Bible in your hands, you're overloaded. Because, I, I mean, we could name millions probably of followers of Christ who through the centuries didn't get to do this right here. They didn't walk into a church building with the warmth and the pews and, and all that we have. And they could pick the Bible from the pew Bible from anywhere they want. I mean, we could take those Bibles and stack them up. And for centuries, that's more than some people ever, ever saw in their lives. If God has given you a Bible, you're overloaded with blessings. Has God ever spoken to you specifically in some specific way through the message, through the Holy Spirit and his word? Has he ever done that for you? Well, I, we, I mean, obviously, if you're a child of God, then he has. And I would have to say if God has ever spoken to you in a specific way, not audibly, but through his word, you're overloaded with blessings. Has God given you um, any special relationships with other people, like in fa- as in family or a church family or friends that love God like you? You have anybody like that in your life? Okay, if you have one person like that, you're overloaded with blessings. Amen. Has God ever done anything specially, special or unique or even miraculous in your life? I mean, when I was a teenager, 16 years old, and I mean, I had cancer as a 16-year-old kid. And God did a miracle to heal me. And I don't talk about it enough. But listen, I've seen God do miracles. And God has overloaded me with blessings. If he's ever done anything for you in your life that's miraculous, that you can't explain, that can only be supernatural in, in, in nature or divine at the source, you would have to say, listen... I'm overloaded with blessings. Has God ever called you to be part of something great? We say, no, he doesn't really have any big plans for my life. No, but listen, if you're part of a local church, which you are, and I said it this morning, then and he has called us as a church to represent his son to the world and see miracles take place as we preach the gospel and people respond like, happened, like what happened a week ago right here in this room. And two weeks ago, and, and a, a few weeks ago on, a, on Friend Day. I mean, God has done miracles in this room. And you've gotten to witness them. And if you're saved, he's done a miracle in your life. And for us then to say, no, I'm just overlooked. No, well, maybe you're overlooked by the world. But I can tell you this, if you're a child of God, you're not overlooked by God. As a matter of fact, you're, you're, you're overloaded with blessings. You have a responsibility. You, we've been called to bear the image of Jesus Christ. And Brother Chad is going through change into his image. Brother Juan is going through change into his image. We could, we, it's great material. So we've got two of our classes going through it right now. You've been called to bear the image of Jesus Christ. And you say, well, it's nothing like Mary. Well, Mary was called to produce Jesus Christ. But really, you have a high calling if God would allow you to represent Jesus to the world, which he has. He's made it possible for you to bear the image of Christ. It's your highest calling. And in my opinion, that's a miracle. That God could take material like this and allow Jesus to be seen in me. I mean, I kind of feel like Mary. I don't even know how you could do it, God. But if you're going to say it's possible, be it unto me according to thy word. Because I want to see that happen. Listen, be careful, because as Americans, 
with our health and our family and our comforts and our church and our friends and our needs taken care of, it might be easy for us to overlook just how overloaded we really are. Because there are God's people in other countries and other places and other situations tonight. And they'd love just 1% of all the overloaded blessings we get to enjoy. You know, the scary part of, of this is, remember the ones that God humbled in Mary's song? Remember, he, he, God scatters the, the proud and, and he removes the, the mighty from their reins. And, and he sends the hungry, or the, he sends the rich away hungry. You know, they're made, the proud, the strong, and the rich, those are the ones that God judges. And there may not be a better example of God's judgment to the proud and the strong and the rich than what's happening in our country right now. Because we've been, as a country, we've been overloaded with blessings. And we've had it good. And this last election may not have gone the way that many conservative Christians desired, but it honestly, I think it's probably what our country deserved. Because we've been overloaded for a long time. And in being so overloaded with mercy and blessings, I think we maybe got to the place that we overlooked how we got there. See, a great and mighty and merciful God chose to bless us beyond what we deserved. And we overlooked the blessings. But he scatters the proud. And he casts down the mighty and he sends the rich away empty. Listen, you and I as Christians, we better listen to Mary's song. Because we can become so focused on either the things we have or the things we don't have. And forget that anything good has come from God. I didn't build it. I didn't earn it. I could never make it happen on my own. Listen, the high and lofty one has shown you mercy. And he wants to bless you. And he wants to show you favor. He wants you to represent him to the world. He wants you to reveal Jesus Christ to the lost. He wants to use you in some pretty big ways. He's even made it impossible things happen through incapable means. He's overloaded the overlooked. But I believe tonight, and I'll just bring it around this way, I believe there's no greater tragedy than an overlooked person overlooking just how overloaded their life is. I'm going to say that again because I'm not even sure I said it right. I don't know if there's a greater tragedy than an overlooked, overlooking just how overloaded his life is. That somebody who, who has nothing and is nothing and started out as nothing. And now I'm pretty blessed by God. But then forget that everything good I've ever had came from his hands. There may not, may not be a greater tragedy. There may not be anything worse than in teenagers. There's nothing worse than an overloaded teenager who stops being thankful for parents that love them even when they make tough decisions. See, you may think, well, your life is just so hard. I'm telling you, you're overloaded with blessings. If you have a set of parents who love you and who want what's best for you, and even though sometimes they may make decisions you don't like or don't agree with, for you to turn that around and be unthankful for parents that you have, that have God has blessed you with, but I, I can't think of a worse tragedy than an overlooked teenager, or an overloaded teenager who overlooks God's blessings in their life. There's nothing worse than an overloaded child who chooses to disobey, forgetting that God blessed them with parents that love God. To the kids this week in our, in our church, listen, if you have parents that bring you to church, you have good parents. If you have parents, listen, all the kids, if you're, if you're not in the youth group yet, just look at me right now. If you have parents that make you obey, you have good parents. 
If you have parents that don't let you watch things the other kids get to watch and don't let you do the things the other kids get to do and they may even sometimes make you dress a little differently or have higher standards for your life. Listen, if you have parents that do that for you, you have good parents. You have parents that have God is used to overload your life with blessings. And sometimes I think our kids start to think they have it worse. Because all the other kids get to do what I don't get to do. And all, all the other kids get to do that. Or the kids at school get to do this. Or they get to do that. And we have to make all these rules. And I just don't get it. Listen, someday you'll understand it. Right now, if you will just say, okay, I trust that God has blessed me. He's overloaded me in ways that I really don't even understand. But I'm just going to trust this process. And I'm going to say, God, thank you for overloading me with blessings. You know, there's nothing worse than um, an overloaded person who treats their spouse poorly. Even though that spouse has a heart for God and is trying to live to please him. And yet a lot of marriages, that's kind of how it turns into. You have a good spouse who loves God and lives to try to please God. And you're overloaded with blessings and you don't even know it. There's nothing worse than an overloaded church member who spends so much time criticizing others that they fail to be thankful for the family of God that he's placed them in. There's nothing worse than an overloaded Christian whose spirit of negativity and sin presents their Savior in a bad light at work or with their neighbors. There's nothing worse than God's people during a week like Christmas forgetting just how blessed we are and making a week like this about lesser things. Listen, we could apply this in a lot of ways. I think you get the idea. Let's just say it this way. There's nothing worse than an overloaded Christian who overlooks God's mercy and blessing in their lives. And it's not just sad. It's not just that it's sad. According to Mary's song, God is against the proud. He's against the mighty. He's against the rich. And I would lump into that category. He's against those that he's overloaded with blessings. And they overlook them. Listen, God has overloaded you. I'm not trying to make this a hard message. I'm just trying to be sober about it tonight. God, had, we're overlooked. The world looks at us and they're not impressed. But God looked at us and he said, I want to bless them. I mean, there are nobodies, sure, but those are the kind of people I want. And God looked at you when everyone else overlooked you. And his son died for you. And now, as a child of God, he blesses you in ways you could never earn on your own. And this week of all weeks should be a week where we stop and we remember just how overloaded we are. That God, who is mighty and holy and has done great things, that he would stop and regard you in your lowest state. And you may have it rough right now. It may not be easy. But can we all admit to some degree we still have it better than a sinner deserves? Amen. We're simply slaves before the Lord. And as such, let's not overlook the fact that a great and merciful God has blessed us, overlooked ones, to the point of overloaded. Let me just give you three truths to, re to remember. These are just thoughts that I had as I went through here. If a mighty God wants to bless you by allowing you to play a role in his best plans, like he did for Mary, don't allow anything less important to keep you from it. I mean, if God, in his mercy, wants to bless you and allow you to be part of something bigger than you ever thought you could be, like a local church, for instance. I mean, listen, this is the thing. When I talk about coming to church and serving in church and having a place, it's not because, oh, well, we just need to use you and we need to get everything we can out of you. No, because I know that's the best life you could ever live, right. is to put God first. 
and say, I'll be at every service, I'll be at everything, I'll serve in whatever way I can, because that's the way God can bless me the most. If Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, then I can do everything I can to live for him and serve him in that capacity. Listen, if God wants to bless you by allowing you to be part of something bigger than yourself, why would you let something lesser, less important keep you from that? Don't. Telling you, uh, it, that's a simple way that people get to experience God's blessings. Mary could have said no. Think about it. Mary could have said no to these big plans. She could have just gone back home and lived her normal life, but she would have missed out on something really good. Another truth that I just thought as I going through there and thinking about this passage, if a merciful God has overloaded you with blessings, there should be nothing that hinders you from praising him with all you have. The only natural response that Mary had is she said, I mean, my soul doth magnify the Lord. My spirit will just has to praise the God of my, my God, my Savior. She sang a passionate song. And basically, the only natural response to a God of blessing is our art of praise. So I'm just asking you tonight, if God has overloaded you with blessings and he took somebody overlooked and overloaded them, when's the last time that you praised God? for overloading your overlooked life. We come in here in in services and we have these hymns and we sing these songs and we open the hymns and sometimes we sing the words and we never once think about the fact that a God as good as he is has overloaded an overlooked sinner like me and we just sing the words and we don't even think about it. Let's not forget just how overloaded we are with blessings. And the only natural response to God's blessings is a heart of praise. Don't miss that. And listen, by the way, you don't have to wait till you come to church to praise God. I can't tell you how many times I have just embarrassed myself like crazy at a red light. Because I'm singing, honestly, I sing How Great Thou Art when I'm feeling sorry for myself. And it gets my mind off my problems and reminds me just how great God is. And I'm telling you, it works. But don't do it at red lights unless you want to be embarrassed. Because I don't hold anything back. I mean, my head is up and the veins are popping out because I'm trying to praise God as passionately as I can. And honestly, it doesn't really bother me that much. Because the only natural response to a God this good is a heart of praise. If a God of might and mercy refuses to bless the proud and rich and mighty, why don't you just refuse that spirit and say, I'm going to be humble before God. Yes, and there's nothing worse than an overlooked overlooking God's overloaded blessings. And the day that you align yourself with the overrated, you know, the proud, the rich, the mighty, you're going to forfeit all God wants for you and God, all that God wants to do through you. I'm telling you, what a song. And what reminders of just how little we deserve God's mercy and blessings. Tonight, yes, and God has taken you from overlooked to overloaded. When's the last time that you just stopped and thanked him for all that he's done for you? I think this week is a pretty natural week to be reminded that God has taken people that didn't deserve anything good. And he's given us almost more than we can handle sometimes. The blessings just keep on coming. Listen, I'm not saying we're rich. And I'm not saying that that we're popular. I'm not saying that, that everyone knows our names. I'm just talking spiritually speaking. I have it a lot better than a sinner deserves. And you do too. Tonight, we're just overlooked people. We're nothing. But God's blessed us. He's overloaded us with blessings. Why don't you take some time the week of Christmas to be like Mary. To say, all I can think to do right now is sing a song of praise. All I can do right now is consider all that God has done. And my soul doth magnify the Lord. This is a good week.
to, as an overlooked, to bow before God and say, I'm overloaded. Thank you. I'm blessed beyond what any sinner should be. God, thank you. I have more than I could ever deserve. God, thank you. And by the way, God, here am I. I surrender whatever it is. Behold, thy handmaiden, she said. Behold, Lord, your servant. A God that good deserves everything that I can give him. Let's stand together. Every head bowed, every eye closed. We're going to humble ourselves before the Lord tonight. Let's just take some time. Let's just take some time. To convey to God how thankful we are. That he blessed somebody overlooked that the world didn't really, wasn't impressed by. And he'd overload us with his blessings. But maybe you've taken for granted those blessings. And you've forgotten just where you came from. So tonight is a good night. This week is a good week to remember just how much God has blessed us with. And be thankful and say, here am I. And here's my song of praise. Just like Mary, boy, we don't deserve anything, but God's given us everything. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. I pray that you give us a heart of response tonight in humility. Lord, I, oh, I don't want it to come across heavy, but Lord, it is a, it, it's a sobering truth that the great and mighty and holy God would do anything good for somebody like me. God, help, me, help us this week to remember just how good we have it from a God that overloads us with blessings. Have your will and way move in us tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.